Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast. Are you ready to start reducing that stress in your workload? Last week, we talked a lot about why we might be stressed because we're waiting until the last minute to do all of the things. Hopefully, in week one, you realized, well, geez, no wonder I'm so stressed. Look how many steps there are in holding an annual conference. Or maybe last you already had that, you knew that list was monstrous, and now last week you're like, oh, no wonder I'm waiting until the last minute because I have absolutely no plan in place to actually complete all the things. Well, here's the good news, part three, of this series, let's talk about how to fix some of those holes. How can we fix some of these problems so that you aren't as stressed out? Usually when I talk with special ed teachers and they're talking about, you know, paperwork and what stresses them out and what can they do, and they've made their list and they look at that calendar, that schedule of what they had scheduled, things that didn't stress them out about the evaluation process or the annual case conference process Those were things that they had already built into their routines. Maybe assessments weren't hard. Progress monitoring wasn't hard. Those things, because maybe they had really good assessments or practices, routines that they do regularly. So that wasn't stressful. But maybe taking the time to set up those conferences was really stressful. You know why? Probably because you didn't have a routine for it. You didn't have a time that you dedicate to scheduling those conferences. So that's what we have to do today. I think you have to be very honest with yourself and say, you know what, Amanda, maybe I am so stressed out because I am just flying by the seat of my pants every single day and there's absolutely no plan, but I'm gonna change it. This year, the first week of the month, I'm gonna schedule all of my conferences from then until the first of next month. Or maybe the last week of the month, you want to schedule all of your conferences. It doesn't matter as long, it doesn't matter when you do it, as long as you jot down the time. This is when I'm going to schedule those conferences. This is when I'm going to assess my students. During this time, this is when I'm going to sit down and crank out those IEPs. And this is when I'm going to hold all of those conferences. And I am going to take control of that checklist, not let that checklist and that list of tasks or those daunting things that we know we have to do, I'm not going to let it control me. I am going to stop working at 11 p.m. every night because I have a good plan. And so step three really has like three different things, three different ideas that are coming to my mind that you might be able to do to help make this area a little better to help fix some of those holes in your plan. 
And that first step to fix this, I believe I've already said many, many times, you have to put it on your calendar. You have to say, this is when I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then hold yourself to that. If you say that every Tuesday you're going to assess your students, then every Tuesday you assess those students that are coming up for conferences. If you say, hey, I'm blocking off this entire week just to assess my students, then do it. That way you aren't stressed out at the end of the month or the end of the week or next week or whatever it happens to be when it's time for that conference because you did what you said you were going to do. Next, I want you to look at that checklist and see if there is anything that somebody else could do for you. Here's what I mean, or a perfect example. I am such a control freak. Like, it is so bad. I will literally have a meltdown and there are three people around who could help me and I'm not going to ask them for help. I'm just going to keep bitching about how hard life is instead of doing it. So, this is me learning from my mistakes, getting better at things. And this is my real example of how I asked other people to help me with some of my day-to-day tasks. And I'm so proud of myself. I actually have two ways that I started asking for help this year. The first is I use Dolce words, um, both in my reading series and then that kind of in turn, I do have several IEP goals or several several students with IEP goals focused on Dolce sight word lists. So a lot of a, a lot of them have a decoding goal, but then they also have a sight word goal. The decoding goal I can assess very quickly and easily in our group as we're doing the day to day, as we're doing our blending board, as we're reading words in our book. I can collect data at that time. But I don't know about you, but it takes quite a bit of time to assess all 52 primer Dolce sight words or all 40 pre-primer with a kid who is just learning to read or is just starting some of those or maybe they're halfway through that so they like want to give it a really good effort. They know they know a lot of them, but they don't know them all. And that's okay because that's what we're working on but it takes time. And that is the perfect task that you can ask one of your assistants to do. So for me, what I do is if they have a goal for that, then yes, we're working on it in my group every day, but I also have my assistants work on pulling some of those kids for like five or 10 minutes. Maybe it's right after my group. Maybe it's right before my group. Maybe it's when they push into the classroom but they're using my Dolce sight word folders to work on those sight words every day. And honestly, it's flashcards. It's a lot of flashcards and using those flashcards to make games or kind of to turn into games. There's no reason why when they're doing that, they can't also, if you have prepared it in advance, take a progress monitoring sheet and have the students read those and then give you that data then you're not spending group time, you're not spending your prep time going to ask kids to read this long, long list of words, they can do it. Maybe they're keeping track of it in the day-to-day as they play games. Maybe they say, hey, you know what, today 
I want to sit with Amanda and have her read some of these words to us. Or I want Amanda to be the teacher and read some of these words to us. Whatever, however they spin it, however you spin it, set the standard and then give them the recording sheet or have them make tally marks, whatever it is that fits your system. So you can ask for help. That is step two. And that is a hard one, honestly. Coming from a control freak, I promise you, it's hard. And remember, I had two ways. The other has been hard for me, to be completely honest. And it's so silly, I feel like when I say this out loud, but I won't lie to you. So another way that I've started asking for help is in the distribution of all of the paperwork that needs to be sent home. Several years ago, I had this like five minute time block where I was waiting on a group of students to get back from special. And so I would just every day use that five minutes to go and make sure that, hey, here's an envelope for this. Here's a signature page for that. Please have your mom bring this back to me. And that worked. But you know what? Schedules change. Kids change. I was no longer working with some of those little ones where some were at special and some were at lunch and recess and I didn't have any kids available. So what I started doing is I have a hanging wall file right by the door and I put any documents or any, any papers that need sent home to students in that hanging file. Sometimes when the kid's in there, I remember, I give it to him. The world is perfect. But sometimes, that student has been in my room three times and I've never remembered to send that folder home. So my assistants, one right before the end of the day, takes whatever is in that hanging file and goes and distributes it. And she and I have been together long enough to know that if that student brings it back, we let them get candy or we let them get something out of the prize box or we've just started using like a school-wide incentive of golden tickets. We'll give you a golden ticket. You get to choose what you want. She knows that, I know that. So when she hands it to him, she says, hey, this isn't anything bad, but it's from Mrs. Wilp. And if you bring it back, remember, you can get something out of the prize box or you can choose prize box candy, well, you know, whatever. She knows what to say. And I think that was the hard part for me. For many years, I thought I needed to be the one to tell that student, bring this back and I'll give you whatever. Because it was like, if I didn't tell them, maybe they wouldn't take it as seriously. Or maybe that teacher would just hand an envelope and be like, hey, it's from Mrs. Wilp. I hope you bring it back, you know, and they're not going to do that. But tell them that they can bribe the students. Tell them what you would say if you were the one handing the envelope. And so for me, what I love is that frees up five to 10 minutes. Or if we're being honest and I'm out doing that on my prep time, it saves me from jacking my jaws for five minutes, 10 minutes, wasting half my prep time because I'm not always the one taking them. But yet I know it's still getting sent home in a timely manner. So that's a way that you could ask for help. You could see what things on your checklist are wasting your time or something that somebody could easily do. So ask for help. And the last thing, again, if you have listened to many episodes of the podcast, you might already be like, I know what she's going to say. And here it is. What can you batch? What can you do all at one time? So for me, sometimes batching looks like I'm going to assess all of these students at one time. I hate calling parents. So guess what? I'm going to suck it up one afternoon and I'm going to call 
every parent that I can and get those schedule those conferences scheduled. That way I don't have to call another soul on the phone for three more weeks or whatever it is. What things can you do all at the same time? That way, hopefully it takes less time. And now you have all of your conferences scheduled for a whole month, or you have all of your drafts for your IEPs for next week's conferences. They're done because you sat down and you wrote all of those IEPs at one time, or you wrote the present levels all at one time. Whatever works for you, whatever will kind of check some boxes on your checklist, that's where I want you to start. So maybe it's just making a plan for it. Maybe you're going to ask for help. Or maybe you're going to group similar things together so that you're sitting down and doing three or four IEPs at once, three or four assessments at once, three or four meetings that you're scheduling. Whatever's on your list, what can you do together? And again, if you lay out your initials, your um, reevaluations, and your annual case conferences, I guarantee a lot of the same tasks are there. You can do a lot of the same things at once but you have to plan for it. You have to get it on paper and then stick to that plan. So I would love to hear, love to see what your checklist look like and what your plan looks like. Because whether you are already in school, which by the time this goes live, some of you will, or for those of you who are just gearing up to start, I can't wait to hear how your plan comes out. It's fine to revise that. It's fine to change your routines or change what you do in batches. That's okay. Just make sure whatever that plan is that you stick to it. I want you to have a great school year, whether you're already in or just getting started. Have a great year and reach out with questions so that I know what can I work on in myself or what can I share that would maybe make things easier for your daily routines. And I think a lot of that is just being very reflective about what the heck is stressing you out and how can you fix it ahead of time instead of wait till the last minute or like me, complain about how hard your life is instead of doing anything to fix it. So I'll talk to you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.